And now, from the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio in support of Bottleneck Drive in Summerland. On location from Summerland Heritage Cider. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. It's all I want to do. British Columbia with a shout out to Bounce Radio in Prince Rupert, Terrace and Nelson and all 17 other cities across the province listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. It's our bottleneck drive grape escape from Summerland Heritage Cider Company. Our guest is Cameron Walker. He's the chair of Bottleneck Drive and general manager of nearby Lunescence Winery and Vineyard. Cameron, welcome to the show. Hi, Tony. Good to have you in Summerland. Uh, it's a lot of fun to be back in Summerland. Uh, as I used to describe, it's kind of a place you drove through to get to wineries. That's yes. not the case anymore. <laughs> We're trying to change that. Yeah. Uh, well, I like the name. Let's start with that bottleneck drive. Uh, that, that's the association name. You, it is the association you, and name. You decided you wanted to herd cats, or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, named after sort of the the route that you can take through Summerland to uh, visit a lot of the different tasting rooms. Yeah, is it shaped like a bottleneck? It or? was originally. It's sort of <laughs> spread out and branched out since then. That it doesn't really take that shape anymore. Yeah. Uh, well, for listeners who may not know, where is Summerland? Let's let's sort of direct them right. here. So we're on the west side of Okanagan Lake, between or sort of just above Penticton. So mm-hmm. I think between Penticton and Kelowna, towards the south end of the lake here. Yeah, and so uh, I drove today over the Coquihalla to get here. It's roughly four hours from downtown Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Uh, how else can you get here? You can fly into. Can you fly into Penticton now? Or? You can. Yep, fly into Penticton, and we often, if you're coming from the east, uh, also into Kelowna, and then right. drive down that way. Yep. So plenty of access, and and of course the border's not that far away either. When they're open and when there's no floods, the access is normally pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so let's let's talk just a little bit about Summerland. What should people know about this place uh, more than? I mean, we'll get to the wines, etc. But. Well, I think, as you said, it's, it's easy to drive past, and you can kind of miss it if you, if you blink and uh, are on your way to other places. But I think as you, as you come off the highway, there's, uh, there's a lot more than people realize to explore as you kind of get in um, into the valleys and into the, into the various areas, not just the producers, but, you know, we've, yeah. we've got Giant's Head Mountain here and lots of other aspects. And you can go either way. Like, you can go down the beaches, for instance, and uh, restaurants, hotels, all that happening. And then if you come up into the... Uh, what can, do I call it the old town or the town, I the guess? The town, yeah. Uh, fantastic golf course up the top. Yes. Uh, the trestle uh, and the gorge is amazing. That's right, yeah. And a lot of it, you don't really get that perspective from, from the highway until you venture back and, and start to explore yeah. it. And we're going to talk cider today. There's a lot of uh, fruit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be all fruit, uh, all tree fruits, I would imagine, over time. Uh, tell us a bit about that. What what the change has been, or how how is it uh, diversifying? As you say, a lot of a lot of fruit, a, a lot of apples, uh, apricots, peaches, and then that sort of evolved over time with with uh, the grape growing. Uh, industry sort mm-hmm. of growing itself. Mm-hmm. We're also seeing a move back to, we were talking a little bit earlier about cherries sort of making a, a, a big comeback. reappearance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Everybody thought they would just disappear. <laughs> and you were saying, are they worth more than grapes now? That's or? right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People are jumping on it back onto cherries. Yeah, so uh, money money means something still. That's right. The fruit winery up here, I'm sure, is doing yeah. well. Now, you're the, the head of the Bottleneck Drive uh, members, or you're, yes. you're the lead there. So how many people are involved, and what, what's 
it all about? So it, it is fairly diverse. It's a little bit different to, say, the Naramata Bench or some of the other regions uh, that are exclusively winery associations. Mm -hmm. So we have we include all, all the various producers. So we have a number of cideries. We've had breweries in the past. We've got a, a distillery here, the Alchemist, who's making interesting spirits from, from Okanagan apples. So we're a little bit unique uh, in that regard. Um, we have 14 wineries, four cideries, and the distillery. So we're normally about 20, 20 members mm -hmm. strong. And uh, do, do they have a message, or how does it work as a group, or do you go places as a group, or like how do you manage the, the marketing of it? It's primarily sort of a co us collectively pooling resources to promote Summerland as a destination to come in and try our products, visit our tasting rooms. Right. So when we can, as I say, all sort of pitch in to collectively promote uh, as one, we've obviously got our own jobs to do as, as independent businesses to make sure they're coming to visit us. But mm -hmm. um, we have done all those things. Obviously, the last couple of years have, have given us a unique challenges, but as much as we can... Uh, get away and also promote to show some of those products as well. Uh, well, I, I think uh, I remember coming to Summerland probably 20 years ago at least uh, to talk about uh, wine with Harry McWaters. It was quite a while ago. Yep. Uh, and there was nothing here but that winery. Uh, it's amazing what's happened in, in such a short period of time. Uh, one last thing, where can we stay? Like, I know there's there's one or two hotels now, like, down, there's one down by the water. Yes, so the, the, the waterfront yeah. is, is, uh, yeah, is, is well established, is one of the best. It's right on the water, a beautiful spot there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, of course, there's plenty in Penticton. You're only a few minutes away from That's that. That's right. But, Lots of uh, options there, but if you want to stay in Summerland, that, that yeah. would be the main place. And a lot and of B&Bs, maybe? Or? Lots of Airbnbs and a couple of motels as well, but it's, yeah. uh, accommodation is fairly limited. So people should come by, set up for a day or so or two, and uh, maybe uh, get an electric bike and run, run around uh, up and down the hills. Come and explore it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I know you're not going to go away, so we're just going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and uh, have a chat about uh, Summerland Wine and wineries with you. Uh, our guest uh, is Cameron Walker. He's the chair of the Bottleneck Drive, and he's also the general manager of Lenescence Winery and Vineyards, about uh, five minutes away from uh, where we're broadcasting from. Up next, more from our spotlight on Summerland here on the Bottleneck Drive. Our discussion today is supported by British Columbia's Buy BC program. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, and I'm Anthony Gismondi. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Refreshing, relaxing, romantic. Get away to Therapy Vineyards and stay at their modern, comfortable, and spacious boutique inn. Experience your moment of awe from the balcony of your room while taking in the panoramic views of the vineyards and Okanagan Lake. Capture the essence of the grape-growing season while luxuriating at your home base for wine tours. Oh, and did we mention award-winning wines? Book your relaxing retreat or perfect couples getaway today at therapyvineyards.com. You make no excuses. You live life without blame. You know how to enjoy every single sip. For you, Cigar Box Pinot Noir. Crafted especially for those seeking the pleasures of life. Bold wine for bold living. Cigar Box Pinot Noir. Dare to find it at a BC liquor store near you. 
Take a break from the hustle and bustle of the big city and relax in the beautiful and peaceful South Okanagan. Enjoy fantastic wine and culinary offerings throughout the region, including 180 of BC's finest wineries. From Summerland's Bottleneck Drive to the Naramata Bench to Okanagan Falls and Skaha Lake's Heart of Wine Country, down to Oliver Asuyus Wine Country. For community information, wine regions, and more trip inspiration, visit SouthOkanagan.com. It's time to create new memories in the South Okanagan you remember. Today's real estate landscape is fast-paced and complex. Now more than ever, whether you're a buyer or a seller, it's vital to work with a professional real estate company like Remax. Lean into their experience, local market knowledge, and connections. They are your market experts and are excited to help you make your dreams a reality. The right agents for today's market are at Remax, with offices in Summerland, Penticton, and Asuyus. Call or visit them at YourSouthOkanaganHome.com. From the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. On location in support of Bottleneck Drive at Summerland Heritage Cider. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia, from Victoria to Fort St. John on our network of 20 cities across the province, listening to BC Food and Wine Radio. It's our bottleneck drive, Grape Escape, from Summerlin Heritage Cider Company, and our guest is Cameron Walker. He's the general manager over at Lunescence Winery, and we are going to talk a little bit about that, uh, uh, Cameron. But first, uh, you are going to help us out with Summerlin and tell us a little bit more about what's going on. Now, uh, there's, there's a long history of growing here in the region, but most of what's exciting is what's happened in the last decade or so. Uh, so I want to start with that. Uh, and specifically, Summerlin is a place. Is it going to be a sub-GI? Is it going to be a smaller area in the Okanagan? How is that working out for you and the, all the wineries? It is. Well, as you say, the last 10 years have been have been pretty dynamic around here. There's been a lot of new wineries, and not just wineries, cideries and different producers um, opening their gates here. So we're seeing... Yeah, we're seeing more and more and more uh, options and, and, and growers here um, starting to craft different products. Um, and part of that uh, evolution has been this interesting process of, of uh, submitting for a sub-GI. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it has been a multi-year process because what we very quickly realized, or, or the surveyors were, th- there's some really distinct areas within Summerland that didn't just make it one single universal type of uh, right. climate and, and region that, that we very quickly realized that we needed to map out a couple of different types of areas. Which I think is a, probably how it started. Like, okay, let's get Summerland GI, but uh, I think many of us wine people know that there's so many differences in, in across small areas. Right. So uh, one thing I love about the GI is that in some ways it's village-like in the Okanagan. So there's Naramata, there's Summerland, there's Okanagan Falls. People can really glom on to that quickly but it's about the science as you say so tell us about what what have you got here that's special that that you will subdivide that into or well i think for simplicity it's and as you drive along you start to see it we, we've got vineyards and, and and wineries down right on at lake level right and then you look up uh to your left if you're coming up the valley and you very quickly see you've got a bench not dissimilar to what it looks like over in Naramata. so you jump up in elevation mm-hmm. um, and then if you keep driving further back which you don't really get the aspect from the highway is we've got two very long deep valleys yeah. that you can that we've got vineyards and and operating wineries back there so 
again, it's not surprising that um, that elevation soils are different, and you throw you throw an extinct volcano in the middle of all of that, and you've got some pretty unique, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And elements. when you say volcano. Wine people get excited. <laughs> they do. They do. Volcanic soil. They love Are volcanic and glacial. And, yeah. yeah. Well, I, there's a reason why they love it, because grapes really uh, can show off in that kind of soil. So so what 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 would be the breadth of what you're growing here, then, or the opportunities? Like, it's, it's not just Cabernet and Chardonnay. It's not. And, you know, as a, as a region, and I think bigger picture for, for the Okanagan and even BC to an extent, you know, there's, it's in its infancy in, in a lot of respects when you look at the rest of the world. But I think Summerland is starting to see, and again, not dissimilar perhaps from Okanagan Falls and some, some closer neighbors, but um, for for where we are geographically and, and the climate and the soils that we've got here, um, whites and lighter reds seem to be the prevailing varietals that mm-hmm. we're starting to see are are not just working best, but I think the key is, yeah, not that you can just grow them because a lot of things are fairly versatile and hardy that, that you can get away with here, but that they're producing a style of distinction that mm-hmm. is clearly British Columbian. And then hopefully over time, we start to really recognize them as, as Summerland. And then, as, as you say, then we get into sub-GIs within Summerland. And maybe over time, we start to recognize what a Garnet Valley Pinot is versus a a sure. similar one from uh, from Lakefront. So when you say lighter reds, I'm thinking Pinot Noir. <clears throat> Gamay. Gamay. Gamay works well here, yep. yeah. And in terms of the whites, what are the standouts at the moment? Chardonnay or? is doing very well. Yeah. We're seeing over time uh, there's Riesling planted here. Pinot Gris is always fairly prevalent in the valley and, yeah. and does well, but yeah. Yeah, and uh, and when you say Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, I think of sparkling wine too. Mm-hmm. That's also something that's taking off here. Absolutely, and you're starting to see almost specialist houses, if you like, that are you know yeah. Fitzpatrick is just outside of here, but uh, yeah. Lightning Rock's doing a great job with some of their bubbles. Crush Pad's been doing it for for a long time. Sure. Yeah. Sure, and uh, well, and uh, OCP—they're up in the Garnet Valley too. They've got a big biodynamic project up there as well. Yes, yeah, so I mean, they're they're really getting to some high elevation vineyards, really flirting with the upper limit of of what's considered sort of viable grape growing uh, climate, which is super interesting and. Um, I mean, there's good examples of Argentina and Chile where they've d- done lots of that. So I think there's lots of good um, precedent to it. But it's exciting to see that we're doing it in uh, in British Columbia. Yeah. Well, now you're you're making wine, growing wine at Lunescence. Yes. So have you evolved in even a short period of time in, in how, how the winery started and where it's going now? Yeah, I mean, I, this is, I'm going into my fifth year, my fifth vintage, um, and we've, we've made a lot of changes since, um, since, since I arrived. We've, uh, we've certified the, the, the Vineyards Organic in 2020, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, released an estate series of wines. So we've started to, again, you know, we had a new winemaker come in in 2019 and part of what we decided at that point was we we really wanted to um, to showcase what a Summerland Estate Winery could do and some of those uh, some of the grapes from from uh, from the from the region here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how do you see how do you see Summerland today? Like who who's your competition? <laughs> do you have competition? Or? Well, I think I mean at a at a basic level we're we're all in competition, but I think that's the point of something like Bottleneck Drive is we we don't work as competitors. It's a very collaborative kind of industry. I think we all feel that there's enough opportunity, enough sales opportunity out there that we don't need to see our neighbors' competition. That 
the bigger pieces, if we can get people into Summerland and in and around our areas, we know that people are going to visit four or five places in a day mm -hmm. that uh, we're going to be able to refer them to our neighbors. It doesn't have to get too competitive. Yeah, yeah, for we sure. Look, we look across the lake for competition. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're meeting in a cidery, so that's kind of fun. Uh, you know, normally we're in a winery, so that, that be, that's different right away. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what can you tell us about the people that come here now, and what what are you learning from from the visitors? Well, and again, it's it's been a little different over the last couple of years. Obviously, just given everything that's been going on with travel and and different things, but I think also just the experiences that we're trying to create at the tasting room level and the caliber and type of people that we're trying to bring in. But um, we get a lot of Alberta visitation here, which has been really strong over the years, which is great. We haven't seen much of the Americans in in the past, but um, and a lot more local visitation from from Kelowna and and other areas coming in. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to ask you where you go to eat in Summerland. Is it possible <laughs> that there's a place we don't know about or should know about or, or some one or two or any? There's some newer places. There's some really well-established places. Um, Shaughnessy's, is in, Shaughnessy's Cove is a new local favorite that's kind of right. come back on. It's down on the water next to the to the marina. Um, Dirty Laundry's long been doing great wood-fire pizzas. Yep. Um, Zia's uh, Grill House in in uh, in Summerland again is really well established and does great lunches. So there's some really good food. Zia's Grill House. Yeah, that's a great tip. Yeah. And then, uh, well, and of course, I'm I'm not supposed to ask about fruit stands, but there's so many of them. They're, it's a fantastic way to follow what's growing here uh, throughout the year. They're hugely popular and mm -hmm. uh, dotted all along the highway there, and you can go in and and get some terrific local produce and yeah, even some mm -hmm. ice cream and great yeah. Well, things look look bright for Summerland, and uh, it, it seems to be. It's nice that you're moving on to the stage along with you know the rest of your compadres around the valley and, and telling the story of Summerland. I think it's uh, it's going to have a, a bright future. What when will we know about uh, the sub GI, or how will that all roll out? Do you think? It's, we're just waiting for it to be rubber stamped at the moment. It's been with the ministry, so it should be very shortly. We're hoping yeah. through the summertime here. And, uh, yeah, it just, it'll give people, I think, when they're buying products, whether in Vancouver or Calgary or wherever it may be, um, a, just a good opportunity to understand exactly where their wine or their cider is coming from. Yeah, that's the best of all because I think once you get that recognition, then I, I, it's so important. I tell people if you know where the wine comes from, then you can make up your own mind about do I like this wine? Is it different? But until you know that it comes from Summerland, how can you compare it to anything else? And right. That's, that's what we want to get to across the entire valley. Absolutely. Cameron, thanks so much for updating us. Uh, good luck with all the gang. Thank you. Uh, will you have new members, do you think? Or it's yeah, growing? Absolutely. Or it's growing every people? year. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, okay, uh, I know that you're not going too far, but we're going to talk to some more people from uh, Summerland today, so thanks for organizing that for us. And uh, good luck with the, uh, not the harvest, the vintage as it gets going, the growing season. Thank you. Great. Uh, that was Cameron Walker. He's the GM of Lunescence Winery. It's our bottleneck drive. Grape Escape from Summerland Heritage Cider Company in Summerland. Up next, Mason Spink, winemaker at Dirty Laundry. We're on the radio every week and available anytime on all the major podcast providers. I'm Anthony Gismondi, and this is BC Food and Wine Radio. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Sun, water, soil. 
Organically farmed and made in collaboration with Mother Nature, Liber's terroir-focused small lot wines capture the essence of the Okanagan and Similkameen Valleys. Join the wine club to receive delivery of award-winning wines, new releases in spring and fall, early access to library wines, complimentary tastings, and more. Liber Farm and Winery looks forward to hosting you in their spacious covered wine garden in Asuyas. Discover more at liberfarm.com. Simply great wines. The flavors of the region come alive at 15 Park Bistro at Watermark Beach Resort in Asuyas. Enjoy lakeside dining inside or outside on the patio. Chef Nick Atkins and his team are ready to offer up top-notch, seasonal, and locally inspired menus to complement the unmatched views of beautiful Lake Asuyas. For an unforgettable dining experience, 15 Park Bistro is the lakeside place to be. Now open for breakfast Saturday and Sunday mornings at 8. To find out more, visit 15parkbistro.com. Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan. A place to slow down, take your time, and enjoy perfect patio weather and a world-class wine and culinary scene. With 80 wineries within a 20-minute drive, along with distilleries and cideries, eight craft breweries, and a fantastic variety of locally sourced restaurants, Penticton is the perfect destination for your relaxing summer getaway. For details on wineries, tours, tasting room, and restaurant hours before you go, and for more trip inspiration, head to visit Penticton.com. Clos de Soleil Winery knows that the best wines keep it simple. It's all about the grapes and the place where they are grown. Minimal handling, minimal intervention, maximum beauty in the bottle. Nestled in a sunny, stony corner of BC's Similkameen Valley, Clos de Soleil produces wines that blend the best of Bordeaux varieties with their unique terroir. The result? Wines that are elegant and effortlessly special. Tastings by appointment or buy online at closdesoleil.ca. Free shipping to BC and Alberta on orders of six or more bottles. From our Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, back to Summerland Heritage Cider and our Bottleneck Drive Summerland Crepe Escape. Here's Anthony Gismondi. Don't turn the lights on. We're back and excited to be back on the road. We're on location at Summerland Heritage Cider uh, in Summerland in support of Bottleneck Drive. Our guest is uh, Mason Spink. Many of you know Mason as the winemaker at Dirty Laundry, and he has brought his uh, Pinot Noir today, but he's also brought two others, and we're going to talk more about uh, the differences of uh, dirt, basically, and terroir uh, in Summerland as they await their uh, their sub-GI. Welcome back to the show, Mason. Thanks for having me, Anthony. It's Thank, here. Thanks for doing this. I can't imagine. I, I've got a winemaker who's going to actually talk about somebody else's <laughs> wines, too, which is the way it should be. Well, it is, and it's, it was tough. I actually felt more nervous about this than ever because it's like, I don't know, really know these wines. I had to write some notes. You've been these. studying. Yes, I have. You guys should meet all the time. I know. I know. We I, get I that gotta, cellar palette. We don't leave. Here. I'm going to come up here with a big whip and get people in the room and say, come on. For sure. Uh, okay, well, let's talk about these. So we, we, we started to delve into the areas here. What, how do you see the terroir as a winemaker? Well, it's really exciting to be here in Summerland. Summerland is really developing into a great growing region. You know, we are always known for fruit trees and orchards and things like this. And now we're moving into into grapes and, and a lot more grapes. And by developing these sub-GIs, we're really giving the consumer more uh you know specificity of where these wines are coming from so we have the three sub gis we've got summerland lakefront we got summerland bench and we got summerland valleys and i kind of think of it if if for your viewers to sort of 
think about it as as a staircase. So the bottom step is the lakefront. So you're yeah. close. You're running north south. You're right along the lake, Okanagan Lake. Take a step up from that. You're on the so, bench. So that's like 100 meters or so, 115 yeah, probably, meters, probably something, something like that. Like that. And, and then you, you come up on the bench. Come up onto the bench. You're a little bit higher elevation. You're yeah. on the on on now on the west side of like ni- the highway, highway 97. Yep. You're under Giant's Head there. Uh, and then take another step up from that, and we're into in the, the valleys. valleys. So we're into Prairie Valley and Garnet Valley, and, yeah. and 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 each of them has you know unique, really unique sites to they, it. I get confused a bit with directions. So the valleys run runs north south, north south, north yeah. south. Yep. So you think it's east west, but it's yeah, north south, north south, and everything yeah. follows the lake. Yeah. And all the soils they were either deposited, you know, pushed there from glaciers, or as glaciers receded, they were left there in the in the what they call yeah. lake bottom soil. So we sort of see more of that 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 pushed soil is into the into um, into the benches and uh, and into that area and yeah. some of the the heavier soils are left there at the top of the valleys. And, and you brought three Pinot Noirs. There's mm-hmm. many other varieties here, but they probably react the strongest to different positions, perhaps. For am sure. I, am I right about that? I think or? Pinot Noir is you know they used to call it the heartbreak grape. People would you know it's a tough one to grow in some places, but it's also very malleable. Yeah. You know not only from a winemaking perspective, but also from a grape grower's perspective, you can put in some pretty key inputs from the from the grower and from the weather itself, and, and it changes the style quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let's talk about the the styles and how these sure. wines changes. Are we going to start on the lakefront down? Yeah, low, we're going to down try, low? We're gonna start with Sage Hills Pinot Noir, and this yep. is the this is from the, uh, the 2020. The yeah. Yep. So we get your nose into that one. Okay. It's the darkest one, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that means much, but well, it could because you know this is probably going to have the most heat units. You know, we talk about those growing degree days. Yeah. And in this, in the in the lakefront sort of area, you're going to get about 1300, 1350. Uh, we call that sort of intermediate heat, uh, and you're going to get a lot of lake effect. So yeah, that's going to probably be where that most of that's coming from. Wow, beauty! That's a beauty. Yeah, yeah, like good. You know, there's nice red fruit to that. That is so pinot. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really nice and wine. And clean. And they've done this in the, in a really organic, you know, uh, very limited input, uh, really. Interesting uh, winemaking style. I think it really, really sings in that in that wine. Yeah, the label folks says nothing added, nothing removed, right on go. the front label. Yeah. So that makes winemaking nice. easy. Yeah, it makes it easy, <laughs> and it's been aged on at least seven months in oak barrels. So, uh, you grow. Where, where do you grow your Pinot in so, terms of? So we're coming into Mars next, next which is on, into the Summerland bench. So yeah. we, we actually grow most of our grapes. If we talk about these sub GIs. Dirty Laundry has grapes in all of them. Okay. So we, we really, which is which is great. You know, we could. You're be, hedging your bets. Exactly. Says <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we talk about the different sub GIs. You know, Pinot Noir is the most dominant red in all three of them. So okay. Pinot Noir in Summerland is doing really well. Which is great. In Lakefront, you know, 32 percent of those grapes are, are Pinot Noir. Uh, in 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 the Summerland benches, 21% of them are Pinot Noir, and then up the valley, it, I don't know if we have a percentage, but it, most It'd of them, high, it would be. I think the predominantly that's Chardonnay and Pinot Noir into the valleys. Yeah. So so that's doing really well. And if you get your nose into into the dirty laundry, uh, Pinot Noir, this is right under Giant's Head, so under the shadow of Giant's Head. Um, and we're getting that sort of, you know, I think it's a little bit more of, uh, uh, um, you know, leaner sort of red fruit. You know, we're not into yep. sort of plums, we're into strawberries and yep. sort of cherries. Yep. Yours is a bit silkier. Yeah. Well, and a little bit more oak influence, but yep. um, yeah, really, really good. This is yep. the, by the way, we're tasting the Dirty Laundry Pinot Noir. That's 2019. So we had a 2020, 2019. Yep. Uh, two diff- different vintages, similar. 
Every year, it's, you know, we're still getting more heat and things like yeah. that. But there we had, you know, every year has been a bit different. You know, we get the smoke from forest fires and things like that, which mm-hmm. slow, slow ripening mm-hmm. uh, and different things like that. So, you know, similar years, but uh, but still, uh, you know, there's always there's little differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's a fantastic start. Two very different wines, folks. It's a great way to taste wines is to buy... Uh, like buy these three wines and try them side by side, oh, and then sure. then you get the reason why people are going after sub GIs yeah. and, and having smaller regions. Uh, number three, Solvero. This is a 2019 Pinot Noir mm-hmm. in a very heavy bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can only store that in a six pack. Yeah. You can't lift twelve, but sharp packaging, really nice. Yeah, done. and this is made by many people would know this winemaker from uh, from Liquidity Days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You'll have to help me with your name. Allison Moyes. Yeah, Allison Moyes. There you, you go. Thanks. Sorry, Allison. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is now this is in the valleys, the highest up. So sure. It's, so, is it the coolest too? Or? Yeah, it is. So when we talked about you know that sort of thirteen hundred growing degree days, you're now we're yeah. coming into you know a thousand to twelve hundred. When you get into these Summerland Valleys, they're kind of a J shape if you think about that. Um, I think it's um, uh, Conkle Mountain to kind of loop around, and Prairie Valley is sort of at the loop of the J, and then we go up the part, up the middle of that, the long part of the valley. That's into Garnet Valley, and then there's about an 800 meter ridge that separates that from the lake. So you're not getting as much lake effect. Right. Um, you're getting a few less growing degree days because it's a narrow valley. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to get, you got to pick your sites. They can be exceptional but you've got to be smart viticulturalist and you got to you got to pick your sites because every year could be could be a, a challenge super fresh uh, I just want to back you up and, and mm. you have to do it quickly you you're talking about growing degrees days how, yeah. how do people normal people understand what that well means? let's just talk so if we talk about 1300 growing degree days they talk about that like it was we'll call that intermediate heat so okay. so that's sort of middle of the road what it takes to grow grapes and you know anything a little bit lower than that you're you're into a little less heat um, but if, when we look about that, you know, across regions, we're probably pretty similar to some European regions. So it's 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 not it's not cool climate. Uh, I think it's cooler climate, right. maybe. But uh, is that above ten C or something? Yes, or it's a, something like that. Yeah, it's thir- it's the number number of growing degrees above ten Celsius. I see. Yeah. Okay. And we talk, I think a lot of more importantly is you got to think about frost free days. So we're in Summerland, usually about that hundred and ninety frost free days, and mm-hmm. that's where. We need those days to give us hang time so the grapes can stay out there longer and really mature. People thought we had to have a signature grape. Uh, mm-hmm. They finally got over that. <laughs> if you look at Summerland today and maybe in 20 years from now, what, what, how will it look? And what do you think will be growing here that's really well, I still fun? think I think Pinot Noir is going to do really well. I yeah. think Gamay Noir is going to do very well. Okay. But, you know, i got a couple of contract little growers. There's I got some uh, Barbera and Dolcetto coming out of Summerland. Yeah. So, you know, fantastic. It's, it's just really fun to see the little yeah. producers. You know, we, we, we are going to probably hopefully redu- release a Dolcetto this year. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's really fun. So and Dolcetto Rosé would be nice, right, too. For sure. So, so there's some really cool uh, regions. And that's the thing about Summerland. It's all these little microclimates. You know? So you yeah. could, you know, a, a north face, you know, 200 meters from a south face could be completely different. It wouldn't be so bad if we wrapped up uh, uh, <laughs> Summerland or, or the Okanagan, for that matter, in a sort of an Italian thing that, you know, grow about 1,200 different varieties. Oh, yeah. and, and have a lot of fun yeah and just explore yeah for sure you look like you're having fun man i it's it's great you know great to yeah. be here it's i like it, summerland it's a lot. energizing oh for sure yeah. for sure great to taste other people's wines like two yeah. exceptional winemakers here 
uh, and and producing some great well, wines. Our listeners, thank you so much for bringing the wines. Please say hello to the growers for us. Tell them how for much sure. we enjoyed uh, this sure. tasting. Yeah. And folks, three different, really very different uh, Pinot Noirs from Summerland alone. Uh, we could spend all day talking about BC Pinot now. Uh, thanks so much, Mason. Thanks for having me. Just great. Uh, Mason Spinks, he's been our guest. He's the winemaker at Dirty Laundry, and we've been talking about uh, Terroir and Summerland. We tasted the 2020 uh, Sage Hills Winery Organic Vineyards Pinot Noir, the 2019 Dirty Laundry Vineyard Pinot Noir, and Silvero 2019 Pinot Noir. Plenty more coming up on the show from Bottleneck Drive. Next, Mike Petko, orchardist and cider maker at Nomad Cider, and Ted Volo, owner, GM, cider maker at Heritage Cider. We'll be uh, right back after these messages. I'm Anthony Gismondi, and this is BC Food and Wine Radio. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Finally, it's August. What Save on Foods calls Rosé Month, where you can choose to have rosé on any day in every way. Just add rosé. Wines of British Columbia at Save on Foods in 21 locations is proud to offer the world's largest selection of BC VQA from over 190 wineries and cideries, all in one place. And with their Everyday Consumer Discount Program, you'll get 10% off any four bottles or purchase 12 and save an additional $12. Wines of British Columbia at Save on Foods. Find your nearest store at saveonfoods.com. Your wine collection is your pride and joy. Years of searching and selecting has merited you an enviable list, but it's time to find a new home for some or all of your wine. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offers collectors a safe, inexpensive way to liquidate their collections online. They are experts in the field with the knowledge and acumen to maximize the return on your assets. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com. You make no excuses. You live life without blame. You know how to enjoy every single sip. For you, Cigar Box Pinot Noir. Crafted especially for those seeking the pleasures of life. Bold wine for bold living. Cigar Box Pinot Noir. Dare to find it at a BC liquor store near you. The most exciting club in the Okanagan is Summer Hills Organic Wine Club. When you become a member, you'll receive 24 bottles per year of sommelier-curated organic wines. Enjoy preferred pricing and free delivery. Plus, members earn double gratitude points, which gives 20% of each order back in your pocket. Get insider information on Summer Hill's new releases and special events. Enjoy the flavors of Summer Hill. Join the Organic Wine Club at summerhill.bc.ca. From the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. On location in support of Bottleneck Drive at Summerland Heritage Cider. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia. We're back on the road on location at Summerland Heritage Cider. On Bottleneck Drive, our guests are Mike Petko. He's the orchardist and cider maker at Nomad Cider. And Ted Volo, who's an owner, co-owner, GM, cider maker at Heritage Cider. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks. Two cider guys. It's not three, because I don't know that much about Well, cider. I actually do have a partner, so we're co-owners as well. <laughs> okay. And co-orchardists and makers Yeah, as well. we like to say that. Otherwise, you know, you get hung when you go back and... 
What about me? Yeah, no. Shout out to Brad. Uh, we're really excited. To, I'm excited to talk about cider. I, I know a little bit about it, but not too much. Uh, it seems to me like there's a, like a huge revival. Is that? Can we start with that, maybe Ted? Or yeah, definitely. It's something that has uh, really been growing in the last say ten years. Definitely, you know, started sort of. Summerland here, we now have four cideries, and uh, it started with three farmers that started the first one here, which was my dad and two of his partners, mm-hmm. uh, just looking for a way to use some of that leftover fruit. I know for many people that kind of drive through the Okanagan in late September, October, they're always flabbergasted at all the fruit that's left on the trees after the picking. So, right. you know, it was a way that we could actually use some of those apples that would normally just fall on the ground and yeah. return to the earth. Uh, it's kind of a weird question, but uh, a winery would never use leftover fruit, but a cider maker does. Does it matter or like, what, is it just... It doesn't really matter. Like the stuff that's left on the tree is going to have the most sugar. I see. So a lot of like the stuff that's getting sent to the grocery stores, that's picked before the sugar is actually ideal for cider. Mm-hmm. So the stuff that's been sitting there has actually aged the most and it's going to have the most sugar and, and the best flavor. Yeah. Summerland been making cider since day one, I think. I mean, it, I've always heard about it from here long before there was any wines talked about. Well, the Okanagan in general, it seems yeah. kind of, you hear Okanagan cider, and I know most people will relate that to like the, the, the two-liter ciders that you see in the, in the grocery stores as kids, but or 19-year-olds, but uh, now, uh, <laughs> <laughs> now it's more of a, a high-class sort of product yeah. that, that's growing. Uh, well, Mike, is it hard to grow uh, the apples itself? Like to get, Actually, like, Ted's more the grower than I am, yeah. even, but... Uh, so I'll let him talk. What well, do you do? The, the cider-specific varieties, yeah. are, they're not hard to grow because it doesn't matter what they look like. Okay. You know, everything that goes to the grocery stores, it's so aesthetic. Yeah. It has to look perfect. It has to look good on the outside. Yeah. If you don't have enough red color, you're going to get in trouble, whereas the cider, you, you can kind of just leave it and, you know, it looks ugly. You know, sometimes you'll have apples all fused together, like almost like a bunch of grapes. Mm-hmm. and uh, they're they're really easy to grow. Wow, these are the deep dark secrets of cider. <laughs> yeah, there's there's way more to it than uh, than people expect. Yeah, uh, and there's way more cider. So I don't know. Let, can we just set something up? If you walk, if you don't know much about cider and you go in a store, where where do you start? Or how many different ciders are there? How how, how does that work? So I mean, in general, there's a lot of different styles of cider. Um, one of the things that you know, as a as a craft consumer, you want to look probably not in the fridge that has Summers Bee and you know Strongbow, you know Lone, Lone Trees, the big commercial, you know, the big ones that are in cans, in cans. or in two liter bottles. Those yeah. are generally not made. Well, they aren't made from a hundred percent juice. Oh. So okay. those are often made with uh, concentrates, water. If something's five percent alcohol too, like that means it's it's been made into a sweet wine and then diluted with water and then sugar added and then carbonated. <laughs> They're basically re- ready to drink or RTDs. Like. Yeah, sure. So in fact, the the you know the BC Liquor Board c- classifies cider as ready to drink. Um, beverages because of that history okay however uh, like ted myself and all our colleagues yeah. in the craft cider industry um, we're growing it uh, growing these apples and pressing them and it's 100 percent juice so mm. it's it's made just like wine is our guests are mike uh, petko he's a cider maker at nomad cider and ted volo is a cider maker at heritage now uh, we have a cider in front of us let's start with that because that that obviously is not uh, nomad is not a regular cider in terms of what we just talked about right yeah we we, we do our brand in particular focuses on a lot of international styles. So mm-hmm. we've made uh, ciders like this one we have in front of us here is a Kiev cider. It's a, a French style cider. Mm-hmm. Um, very complicated process to make it. Um, 
the French invented the process about 300 years ago, and it was the first sparkling ciders that were uh, available in the world. That is fabulous. Wow. That is so delicious. Great. Tell us about it. So, yeah, this is all our ciders are wild fermented at Nomad. Um, This one in particular is too. So, this ferment has to start very slow, and Mm -hmm. and a a natural wild ferment is the only way, or spontaneous is also a word for it, Mm -hmm. needs to occur at very low temperatures for pectins to kind of coagulate and then rise to the surface. So, what happens during that process is denutrification. And yeast need sugar and nutrients to survive and, and, you know, create alcohol. So when we denutrify this juice through the natural process, uh, they eventually run out of nutrients when they're fermenting, and they stop early, and basically we end up with a sweeter cider, but it's 100% natural fermented, and all the residual sugar left in it is, uh, you know, apple sugars. Easy for wine people to understand that process. That Mm. is so delicious. It's so creamy and elegant, too, and then it's got this big flavor, and it's in a gorgeous bottle. Yeah, cheers, thanks. Wow. Love it. Now, where can I buy that wine and how much wine, that, that cider, and what would it cost? Uh, there's a few select store, private stores in the Vancouver area and in the, in the Okanagan. Yep. Um, we can buy it from our, we- our our website. It's probably the best place. It's typically in stock there. Okay. It's one of our more uh, you know pricey items at twenty five dollars, um, but still we think it's a bargain. What's too. the size of that bottle? Is this seven fifty? Yeah. Yeah. So it's fantastic. Really delicious, delicious cider. I want to say wine. <laughs> Great. Uh, okay, we should get to the other one. I don't want to run out of time because it's completely different. I'm assuming. Yeah, so where Mike kind of went with the French style here, this is more of a traditional English style. So okay. this is our, our Porter's Dry. So this one kind of favors a particular cider apple called Porter's Perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, you'll kind of get a lot of those really deep sort of apple notes to it, a little bit of that farmyard sort of earthiness. But this is one of the first ones that we came out with. Um, the first year we had a lot of the Porter's Perfection apples, so it kind of made up the blend and it kind of turned out to be a bit of a popular hit around here. Mm-hmm. It's one of our favorites, actually, as well. Um, we've always liked the porters from these guys, and we we now grow porters perfection ourselves mm-hmm. as well. So, we actually bought some porters <laughs> perfection from them this last year. That's, that's right. Bone, it's bone dry. I, it, it's really nice. I, I, for me, that's the real thing. Yeah, well, exactly. And like one of the things when you know people kind of come into the cidery here, they're they're so used to having stuff that's just made with regular eating apples, which has very little flavor in comparison. Yeah. So when you kind of bring this out, and it's sort of so much. Uh, so rich, the tan and the complexity, uh, it really surprises people when they're sort of looking for something that's on mm-hmm. the palate, off the palate in a hurry. Uh, you have a new building here you, you've just set up. Is it the same kind of experience? Like how would you explain to wine drinkers what would happen when they visit a cider uh, producer? Yeah, so like our previous experience would have been sort of more similar to a winery. You come in, you, you sort of have, you get walked through a tasting and everything's described to you, uh, whereas now we're doing more of a flight, so people get to come in, sit down mm-hmm. outside, kind of enjoy being in the orchard yeah. uh, and, and trying a couple different ciders. And I know for me, like sometimes just that little mouthful that you get at a winery almost isn't enough to know if you really like something, whereas in the flight you're kind of getting three ounces, so it's a little bit more to actually know if you're actually sold on something yeah we do the same thing at our place as well yeah well i'm speaking with mike uh, petko he's a cider maker at nomad ted volo cider maker here at heritage cider and we're tasting two ciders uh what about some of the production now i see barrels in here too so i'm a bit confused is that is that also being used widely now yeah it's just kind of by the the craft producers i would imagine or 
Definitely. Well, I know for us, like we've got some from from some neighbors, sort of looking away to add uh, some sort of wine style components to it. Mm-hmm. I know, sort of, Mike does very similar stuff too. But you, you guys use bourbon barrels. And- well, yeah, we've uh, yeah we use bourbon barrels and wine barrels. We started using wine barrels probably about five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we do on skin. We do so um, on skin fermentations as well. So we'll get uh, pressed grape skins, bring them into uh, a, a tank, and then j- pump fresh juice into it and co-ferment it so similar to like a red wine would be um made and punched down we'll do the same thing but we're using pressed grape skins on in apple juice Mm. and so we actually have a product called pinot noir which is made with blue mountain uh, barrels and their pressed skins wow it's very sophisticated (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, I, we're basically making wine. I think I need wine. to pay more attention to the cider producers because I, I don't read that sort of uh, about them, but it's 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 quite sophisticated. I love the flavors of these wines, these wines, these ciders. <laughs> so uh, so people come and visit you. They can buy on site. Can they? And they can buy online That's as right. well. Have you sold a lot of cider during uh, COVID? Was that a good thing or a bad thing for your business? Or go ahead. You first. I, I would say like yeah, it was just a fine thing it, it wasn't like we didn't see a decrease or anything like that you right. know the online sales just like for everybody else were were up way up mm-hmm. and you know I, I know many many businesses didn't have online presences pre-covid so that really kind of helped people to kind of spark their game a little bit yeah i would say the same thing for us um you know d- restaurant sales obviously went down quite a bit but uh you know, liquor store sales kind of went up a bit more so yeah we did we did okay Gentlemen, that was a delicious uh, tasting. <laughs> You've exceeded my expectations big time. Uh, although I'm sure cider people know that, but uh, all of us have to learn at some point, and I've uh, learned a great lesson here today. Thanks so much for joining us on the show. Great. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Uh, we've been tasting the Summerland uh, Heritage Cider Porter's Dry and Nomad's Estate Keeved Ciders. Uh, both of them are delicious and classy drinks for the summer, folks. Check them out. Visit the winery or uh, buy them online or look for them in your local liquor store. You're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gismani. Plenty more coming up on the show. Don't go away. We'll be right back. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. You make no excuses. You live life without blame. You know how to enjoy every single sip. For you, Cigar Box Pinot Noir. Crafted especially for those seeking the pleasures of life. Bold wine for bold living. Cigar Box Pinot Noir. Dare to find it at a BC liquor store near you. Lively, delicious, and totally alcohol-free. Introducing Piquet Zero from Benjamin Bridge, a creative and unprecedented wine-style beverage. Discover the unique deliciousness of this new sensory experience. Golden sapphire in color with a blonde hue. The nose features zesty suggestions of key lime, blood orange peel, and lemon preserve with a balancing texture of tart cherries. And best of all, Piquet Zero is absolutely alcohol-free. For details, visit softcrush.ca. Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan, a place to slow down, take your time and enjoy perfect patio weather and a world-class wine and culinary scene. 
with 80 wineries within a 20-minute drive, along with distilleries and cideries, eight craft breweries, and a fantastic variety of locally sourced restaurants, Penticton is the perfect destination for your relaxing summer getaway. For details on wineries, tours, tasting room, and restaurant hours before you go, and for more trip inspiration, head to visitpenticton.com. Summer in the Okanagan. Great food, fine wine, fabulous views. You can have it all at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery and the Modest Butcher Restaurant in West Kelowna. Enjoy the stunning vistas while wine tasting outside on the patio. Or step inside the Modest Butcher for some delicious new summer dishes from the menu. Online tasting bookings and table reservations are recommended due to limited seating. Just go to mtboucherie and modestbutcher.com. From our Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, back to Summerland Heritage Cider and our bottleneck drive Summerland Grape Escape. Here's Anthony Gismondi. One more time, Hello, British Columbia, from Victoria to Lake Country and all cities in between listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. It's our Summerland Grape Escape. We're on location at Summerland Heritage Cidery, uh, Cider on Bottleneck Drive. Our guests are Gillian Stoller. She's the proprietor of Summergate Winery. And Len Fillick is the general manager at Sleeping Giant Winery and Summerland Suites. Welcome to the show. Thank Hello. you. Uh, we'll start with Age Before Beauty. <laughs> Len, okay. uh, welcome to the show. You've been around Summerland forever. We probably should have started with you today. I've been here for 38 years. Wow. It's a fabulous place, best place to live. Yeah, and you've seen a lot of change over that 38 years. Well, the size of the town has doubled. Uh, we've started basically with just Sumac Ridge as a winery, and now we've evolved with all these different wineries and agritourism businesses that people can visit. Yeah, and there's, uh, I mean, we've been talking about wine and cider today, but there's so much more that you can do in Summerland, uh, uh, you know, hiking, uh, the beaches. Uh, what are some of your favorite things to do here? Well, I'm an avid golfer, so I like the two golf courses okay. we have in town. and they're excellent. <laughs> yes, they are. I've been a member there for 37 years. Other things to do, we've got great hikes, great biking trails. We've got the KVR, the Kettle Valley Railway. We have the Summerland uh, Research Station with the ornamental gardens. Yeah. And we have many beaches, and which just goes with the summer um, weather that we get here. I, I, in some ways, I feel like a lot of it's undiscovered by people whipping down 97, either you know going from Kelowna to Penticton, but may, maybe you don't want them all to stop and invade or... <laughs> But there is lots to discover. There, there are, there's tons to discover. A friend just said he moved here, and he'd only driven off the road once in all the years he drove through Summerland, and he decided to move here because it's such a small, a great small community with a yeah. lot to offer. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, the key. Uh, Gillian, uh, Summergate Winery, uh, some people, let, let's just start with that. Where is that, and what should people know about Summerland? We're here in the uh, Prairie Valley area of Summerland, which is on your way towards the Kettle Valley steam train. Yeah. So we get to see the steam train go by every day. Yeah, in the upper valleys, as we say now. Now mm-hmm. that people know there's two valleys, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's hard for me to understand uh, how quickly things have changed here. We were talking to Mason Smink about all the Pinot Noirs and the different areas being planted. Uh, how do you see what's going on here, and what, what, what are you excited about? Um, well, all the grapes are being grown, and we're getting um, 
we're getting newer and newer varieties all over the place, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. And um, people are discovering the best ways and the best uses for the land. So, you know, at one time it might have been one type of fruit or vegetable being grown, and then as climate changes and trends change and people's tastes change, they're discovering different ways, uh, different fruits and vegetables to put in there. So for us, it was grapes. It was grapes. Mm -hmm. And you got to use the Summerland name. Mm, Well, I mean, Summerland uh, Farm Gate summer gate that's what we do yeah yeah i like it i like it a lot uh well let's talk a little bit about uh uh, some of the things you can do i'm interested also in in uh summerland sweets but what 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 is the genesis of that well summerland sweets started by my wife's grandfather in 1962 and we made a decision in around 92 to become an agritourism destination. Mm-hmm. And we built up a gift shop, offered tours, brought people in, showed them how we made our product, how we used quality fruit, put a lot in it. And we've uh, generated a following of people over the, over the years. Um, we have great things. We, in 2008, we started the Sleeping Giant Winery as a complement to Summerland Sweets, mm-hmm. using our knowledge to bake uh, fruit products and expanded that into, into the wines. It's, uh, well, people have sweet too, so we know that they like that, but uh, it, it, there's just, sometimes I wonder why we don't know these things more than, than we do at the moment, but uh, in any event, people should drop by and try that. Uh, let's talk about uh, your winery. Now, what, what, do you have a favorite wine that you're producing at the moment? Our flagship is our Kerner. It's yeah. a German varietal, and uh, it does really well. It's a great variety. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have to explain it a lot to people when, when you serve it? They do. They don't know that Kerner is the name of a grape. So, yeah. yeah. And how would you explain Kerner to, to someone who, who asks you what it is? Um it's got tropical flavors. It comes from the Riesling family, but yeah. generally we don't do it in a super sweet Riesling style. Um, the Even tropical better. <laughs> yeah. So it's a drier style? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really fresh and crisp. Yeah, great acidity. It's mm-hmm. a good food wine, too, then, Definitely. if it's made like that. Yep. And are you did you become famous for poutine? Like I, I, I that's all I heard about at one point. Is it still happening? Or? It is. It is. Um, just for fun, really. My husband said, "Let's get a deep fryer," and so we started making French fries. But he wanted to do it authentic poutine style. So we invite uh, everybody to come on Friday nights during the summer wow. with their kids, because we've got six kids, so we're very family friendly. <laughs> um, bring your kids, bring your dogs, and come and have uh, poutine out on our picnic area. We've got a very large picnic. Area, lots of yeah. tables, so everybody has lots of room to play. You have six kids in a winery, like, well, your energy level must be through the roof. <laughs> Try. <laughs> Good for you. I'm speaking with uh, Gillian Stoller. She's the proprietor at Summergate Winery, and Len Fillick is the general manager of Sleeping Giant Winery in Summerland Suites. Sleeping Giant Winery uh, takes its name from, maybe we should talk about that first. Yeah, we went through a number of names, but we looked at Summerland's main uh, attraction for mm-hmm. landscape, and that was Giant's Head Mountain. And my father-in-law was looking at it, and he goes, you know, it looks like the giant is sleeping. So we came up with the idea of Sleeping Giant. <laughs> so, And that's how the name came about. Well, that's fantastic. I didn't know I was going to meet the guys who came up with the name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just took a picture of it. I mean, it, it's such a, a unique uh, piece of uh, rock and yes. uh, perfect for the region. 
Uh, we're almost out of time. I want to ask you, what, what would, would be a secret about Summerland that you could share with us, both of you, that maybe we don't know or that we should visit or see or, or get to? Mm-hmm. Gillian, maybe we'll start with you. Sure. Um, I mean, the beaches are great, but I do like taking a stroll down downtown Summerland. That was one of the first things that really attracted me to the town. It's oh. really quaint. Yeah. Um, thrift stores, antique stores, hobby stores, um, plus lots of great cafes and a new brewery down there as well. So that's uh, a great I mean, it's not really a secret place, but no, it's a but, great way yeah. to spend some time. Get off the highway. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. And Len, do you have a, something you could share with our listeners? And for me, too, it's fruit-based. There's lots of fruit stands. We have farmer's markets people can come to. And just visiting all the wineries and different establishments. that mm-hmm. They have tasting rooms. They have picnic areas. They're very welcoming. And um, we get a lot of sunshine here. And we have yeah. yeah, I like that. If you had to pick one fruit, what, what, what do you think would be a, a standout Summerland fruit to, for people to buy? Oh, I love peaches. Yeah. The peaches are outstanding. Peaches are by far the best. And if people know, uh, come and pick a ripe peach off a tree, yeah, the flavor is unbelievable. Uh, well, listen, thanks so much for dropping by. We've learned so much about Summerland today. Uh, and uh, for Gillian Stoller, drop by Summergate Winery, Len Fillick, uh, a Sleeping Giant Winery, and also uh, Summerland Suites, uh, two things you can do. Uh, but you have to uh, get off the highway and explore this incredible village that we've been talking about all day today. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks, Tony. Uh, that's it for today's show. Special thanks to our on-site producer, Justin Kwan, our studio producer, Wayne Bishop, assignment producer Sherry Caleb, and our director of operations, Stu Ferguson. Next week, when we're back in the studio in downtown Vancouver, our headquarters at BNN Bloomberg 1410. I'm Anthony Gizmondi, and for all of us at the show, thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week across the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Until then, enjoy your weekend. That's it for today's show. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gizmondi.